Welcome to Nightlight, our horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and alongside me, we got David. Call me Baby Bear. Ooh, Baby Bear. Baby Bear, call me Mama Bear. <laughs> also known as Nightly. Other in there, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. <laughs> I don't know. Are you? Nothing's <laughs> <laughs> caught me off guard. <laughs> baby bear. It's been every week. I have something to say. Something new every single week. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's night what they would. By pledge on Patreon, you have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. No, a new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going with, forgive me, Father Month. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me, Daddy. <laughs> forgive me, Daddy. <laughs> but keeping things going with our Possession Horror Month, um, so far, so good. I feel like we we had a nice little nice little chill aspect in the beginning, you know, very conventional. Yes, when very it comes to po- when mm. it comes to possession films of what we're used to, but we're kind of switching it up a little bit. Just kind of a lot throwing a wrench in there, yeah, for real. Just like chucking it into space, if you will, because we are talking about Event Horizon. First and foremost, thoughts. Was this movie? very spoken about in its time no okay i don't know why the name just seems so familiar i felt like a lot of people used to talk about it well it is the inspiration the main inspiration to dead space yeah you know i i caught on to that because there's a moment where on their like back pack yeah not backpack but back pack right it has a similar like meter yeah and does. i was like huh i bet uh whoever designed that for dead space probably got inspo from this uh, hands down, one hundred percent. A lot, a lot of the inspiration of Dead Space came from this. Even like the whole aspect of them being on the Lewis and Clark going yeah. to Event Horizon. It's the same concept as them going to the, Ishi- the Ishimura for Dead Space. Like it's yeah. the same exact thing. Them scanning through the corridor. Literally the same thing in this movie. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I never played Dead Space, but I always watched people play it, but not. You're going to play the remake, yeah? Oh, hell yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah with this movie, I feel bad to say, but I kind of found it very comedic. <laughs> that is yeah. understandable. Yeah. Honestly, it, it is extremely 90s. Yeah, very late 90s. <laughs> I, could, I was picturing people sitting in a theater watching this and be like, it's special effects. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, because this is definitely has a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, the second act. Uh, to the end of this film really think, threw me off uh, because I felt like the sound design changed a whole bunch where you started having a lot of comedic noises <laughs> <laughs> towards the end and I couldn't get myself out of it. Sure. Um, I it's l- the fighting for me. The fighting scene is yeah. the one that really throws me off yeah. and, and all the time. It's the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> will get thrown against the wall. And be like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it. It took me out. It's those scenes that usually kind of 
messed me up a little, a little bit. bit. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's, I think it's an, like you said, we threw a wrench at the whole possession film. Because this is hands down a possession movie. Yeah, and like we're everyone gets space. possessed in a way. Yeah, <laughs> which is really cool. I think yeah. it, the, I'll give it credit for um, its uniqueness. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I uh, <laughs> enjoy this. On a more com- comedic aspect, uh, at least you still enjoyed it. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> I, I had some good laughs here and there for yeah. sure. I thought Cooper was funny. Yeah, and I, I definitely am there with you on some of the ways that they introduce some of the things in this movie. But yeah, I'm with you on that. What about you, Freddie? I don't know. I, I, now I was like, I'm changing my mind a little bit. <laughs> no, but I actually really enjoyed this movie. Oh, okay. Ooh. I loved it a lot, actually. Um, mostly because it reminded me of so many movies I've seen that I do like liking. Yeah, like, movies that we've probably covered a lot too. Like I, I even made a list. That too with Freddy. Like it reminded me of obviously Alien. Yeah, of course. Because you know I love Alien. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it reminded me of Thirteen Ghosts mm. a little bit. I've just seen see all these different type of like the era. Pe- like yeah, but it's it's a little bit of the era. It's a little bit of like that comedic chaos and like how the ship is kind of like um alive in its own way oh yeah and how they see like almost like dead people you see like a ghost that's on fire you see the little kid yeah so you see the little different like uh originality of like ghosts in there in the way too with the with its presentation right, right. it's presented in a um i was also talking to our silent night earlier too that it reminded me of ghost ship a lot Mm. Of like, but this, but in a the, good way. In a good way, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. How like the, it's pretty much like a ghost ship. It's calling uh, collecting souls and crew members, right? And trying to take it back to like hell and stuff like that. Um, it also reminded me a little bit of Doom, which mm-hmm. is not a great movie too. But you know what? That's my guilty pleasure movie, and I'm not. I don't yeah, feel guilty about it. Like, yeah, I love like that fucking movie. Like. That's totally fun. Doom is fun. It's yeah. a very fun, stupid movie. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it has almost the same concept. It's like they went to Mars. They opened in like a different portal dimension of like hell and stuff like that. So it gave me a lot of vibes. It's just so many movies that like I have fun with. Yeah. So I was like, cool. Like I see how this movie is. I take it for how it is. And yeah, it is very corny. It's very silly. It's very slapsticky as moments. Yeah. Uh, especially with like the sound effects and stuff like that too, but I was actually like really impressed about like the camera angles and the framing, yeah, and what they were able to pull off back in '97. Does it still hold up today? Definitely not. Of not as not. much. Yeah. So I wish I think I would have loved this movie more so if I saw it back in '97 or maybe early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Like this would have been like a cult classic favorite of me. And yeah. so many people love this movie. Like when I was interacting on Twitter and stuff like that, people were just like, "This is your first time? You're gonna <laughs> have a blast. This movie's a ride." And they're right; it is a blast. It is a ride. It is. And yeah, it was cool experiencing this for the first time. I just wish I saw it sooner. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> this movie is awesome to me. I I like every aspect behind this movie. I love when it gets super silly in the end. Because <laughs> I think the third act is bonkers and silly. And I love it. I love every aspect of it. And I was fortunate enough to see this in uh, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this in, I want to say, maybe like freshman year in high school. My uncle showed it to me. He was like, oh, have you seen The Rent Horizon? I was like, no, I haven't. I won't. Let's check it out. This this movie feels like something that you would want to get on DVD to like just test out your like 
your 32 inch TV <laughs> with your stereo <laughs> system. Damn. Just your plasma like, TV. Yeah, diving. <laughs> no, it's still like a tube. <laughs> this is tube TV. TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th- this movie definitely at the time pushed my my edges for sure. Where I was just like, it's like, oh man, like. This is this is pretty intense and yeah. uh, like the blood and the gore and like the flashes of the when we see that what happened to the previous crew and yeah. stuff like that. Like for me at that time, I was like, oh, my God, like Jesus, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this, like a hands going through some guy's face. Yeah, that like, was this intense. Is nuts. So, yeah, I, I very much enjoy this movie um, for what it is. And I can 100 percent see. And this this goes for most films that we see now that has come from an earlier time, yeah. Unless they're considered a cult classic of some kind, um, or a classic in general. Like, obviously, you're probably not going to have this same effect with like Psycho or Rosemary's Baby or uh, Scream. Even when you know Scream is super slapstick and doesn't really take itself seriously, or maybe it does take itself so seriously that it's not serious. So it's just it's one of those things. But I don't know. Like I'm in, I'm intrigued as we go deeper into the discussion because this movie is 90s as fuck. It is, and I think <laughs> I think you find yourself maybe seeing something didn't age quite as well when they're trying to push the boundaries of technology. That's at exactly the time. what they were doing. Yeah. It's the, it was the coolest and hottest shit yeah. during that time. And everyone's like, fuck Star Wars did it. Exactly. Like, so it's like, but everyone's trying to do it. Then they didn't know what was considered like evergreen or timeless yet. Exactly. So things that will become dated, they have no way of knowing that. Right. Right. I think, uh, I think with me, I went in uh, with the wrong expectations. And I think if I aligned my expectations, a little more appropriately, I probably would have appreciated it a lot more. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, because I was fair. like, damn, like, because I read the synopsis <laughs> of this film, I'm like, Prince put this on this month, so like, shit must like take a turn <laughs> or something. Like, Possession movie. <laughs> yeah. I kept on thinking about that the entire like movie, like runtime. It's like it makes sense. But I wonder what made him like choose this movie as a possession movie. So but that you, you as y'all know, and I'll answer that now. As y'all know, when it comes to most of these movies, I like to and by most of these movies I mean thematically. Yeah. When we do these themes, I like to go with the conventional first and then we kind of go into the obscure mm-hmm. and the things that you won't really consider a, a possession movie because like if you just would have watched this without possession in your head you probably wouldn't have considered it a possession movie you probably would have just considered it a sci-fi horror film yeah but like it's 100 percent a possession movie yeah. where it gets possessed we we have the crew who gets possessed and ends up <laughs> i don't know destroying themselves in such a um, miraculous way but it is um it is definitely hands down a possession film but when it comes to how these themes and things like that that i choose for these movies like it the reason why i chose this one it was because it does follow a little bit more of the obscure aspect mm-hmm. behind it and it, it kind of has you as an audience member think a little bit of just like okay let me get past all the obscurity and let me see the possession aspect behind it. We'll dive into it. But yeah, I mean, it's big enough. Fuck it. I'll just go and jump right into it. Uh, <laughs> Event Horizon, directed by Paul Anderson, released August 15th, 1997. So a summer movie. Seems interesting. Like it would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Runtime of one hour and 36 minutes with a budget of $60 million. Holy shit. I'm not surprised to hear that. 
Oh my! God. I was very impressed watching was, this and thinking this like was a this came very out in '97, yeah. right? Right. Like it, this movie definitely had a very kind of echelon to it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they threw a lot of money at this director. They did, and unfortunately, their return was very minimal. Yes. Box office of forty-two million dollars, and a rating of twenty-eight percent mm. on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is our lowest-rated covered movie. I don't think, think so. Is I don't it? think so. I think we've uh, had some we in the teens. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. we had a fifteen. I thought fourteen. Oh. Uh, maybe. I don't know why fourteen comes in my head. I don't know. I I don't know what movie that was, but yeah, I, I think this. I think we've had one lower. Let us know on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you if you definitely know. I will give you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't agree with that rating. I'm just saying it right now. I think this also was a movie that was a little bit before its time. Because yeah. I was reading the reviews for it, and it was just a bunch of geezers. But um, most of the reviews were saying that, like, uh, uh, bloody orgy fest and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, man. You're gosh. like, yeah, you're not wrong, but yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you're not wrong, but, like, God. Like, just, I mean, you're not down. I'm very curious on what you <laughs> thought about it in the 2000s. But, yeah, I mean. Who knows? They rated this movie like a fucking Herschel Gordon Lewis movie or something, and it's uh, kind of bullshit. But I, it's, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I saw Heather Wixon's um, approval inside of there, though. So good shout out to Hell Heather. Yeah. We open directly to this pounding '90s beat during the opening credits and title cards. Like, it's ridiculous, but I'm in. Like, you know, let's get it. Text appears. Quote: 2015. Hey, we were alive then. First um, permanent colony established on the moon. That definitely didn't happen. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, it's hard to disappoint. Everyone in the past who thought all this shit was going to happen in 2000. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how for them that was like 18 years in the future. Right. right. Damn. Would have advanced us, so much. That's almost what? Six, seven years in the past? Yeah. It's 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 nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2032, commercial mining begins on Mars. 2040, deep space research vessel Event Horizon launched to explore boundaries of solar system. She disappears without, without a trace beyond the eighth planet, Neptune. It is the worst space disaster on record. 2047, now. CG Meteor comes crashing past our super awesome looking spaceship Event Horizon. The Event Horizon looks great. Like I'm not gonna lie, the Event I Horizon agree. actually looks really good. Um, but that meteor, woof. <laughs> there's, there's some stuff like objects just look terrible. It, yeah, like oh my god, they really wanted to pump up the CG to like everything. But luckily, they kept like the kills and stuff like that. Mainly, Even those like, were some of the planet yeah. scenes. Like I can like we're watching it right now. It doesn't look terrible. No, like the actual atmosphere of like space and stuff like that. But yeah, it's every time there's like a floating object that's moving. Yeah, you can really tell. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, that also, lot. like, throws off the fact that, one, cameras, I mean, yeah. 24 frames and and things like that, uh, probably weren't able to really match that perfectly with uh, computer graphics at that time. Inside the ship, items are floating around in zero-gravity tanks, moving down to a bloodied, slashed body of a man screaming, the camera swiftly moving inside of his mouth. The camera quickly zooms out to a man named Ware, uh, uh, being woken up by his his alarm sounding. He looks at a photo of his wife? Ex- Question deceased mark. Deceased wife? Um, Claire. Taking one of one of the photos off the wall, sitting it up, 
or sitting up, excuse me, he whispers that he misses her, placing her photo next to a whole set of other photos of her. I assume he does this every time he wakes up. Yeah. He's going to run out of photos soon. Yeah. And then he probably just redoes it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cut to where shaving in the bathroom, stopping to stare at the the water dripping from the tub. He continues shaving. Jump scaring the living shit out of everyone uh, when he opens the shutters to look outside the station. The camera panning out to, to showcase the entire daylight station on the low earth orbit. He is called by Stark to report to the Lewis and Clark in Docking Bay 4. Cut to the LNC. I'm going to call that from now on. Uh, vessel. Uh, the text categorizing it a search and rescue. A few people, Stark, and I spelled her name wrong a bunch of times. I spelled it Strack, so apologies if I say Strack. <laughs> <laughs> but Stark, <laughs> Justin, and Smith are in the bridge of the vessel um, and are prepping up for lockdown. Smith comments about how this is bullshit, wondering why they can't go to Mars. Co- uh, commenting that they have women on that planet. I roll, but like you start getting more context that these people were supposed to be off. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to be on a well-deserved break. They're not supposed to do this anymore. Uh, they're supposed to go home. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be here. Stark agrees that there's nothing on Neptune. And their Captain Miller spins in his chair, reminding them of the rules. I love how Lawrence Fishburne is just, like, so heart-stern that he doesn't break <laughs> character anytime, and It's just... He takes this role serious. He takes this role yeah, he does. very serious. Like, he's just cadet. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just cadet Kelly. I don't know. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's such, he's just so serious. <laughs> he does a good job at it. I love he it. does. No, he's great. Yeah, he does. Honestly, everyone in this movie acted very well. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like anyone was uh, kind of, like, giving me any, like, odd vibes or trying too hard or anything right. like that like i felt like people were fine in this movie i feel like right off the bat too this gave me a lot of like homage to alien because they're also a crew that's supposed to be done yeah and they get the distress call totally. and they're like where are we yeah like this is not where we're supposed to be and stuff like that it's like they get like called to action and i was like oh hmm Definitely feels like an homage. Right. Yeah. And it probably is. is. Yeah, Yeah, it probably is. He checks in to see if they are ready to go, and they start their 10-minute countdown. They head out, Stark having Smith and, and, excuse me, Stark having Smith with her, Miller instructing Justin to prep the tanks while he heads down below. He greets Cooper, Peter's um, greeting him as as he comes up to the, the common area, where asked to speak with him about something, but Miller doesn't have time. He tries to speak with him again, but Miller shoes him off to follow the rest of the crew to the gravity tanks. Miller asks what the holdup is. What the holdup is from Peters, she is loading up the, the last bit of the CO2 scrubbers. I had to look that up because I was like, are they making shit up? <laughs> so, like, I had to look up because it's a real thing. A CO2, CO2 scrubber is a real thing, and it, it literally does that. It, like, conserves CO2. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad you looked that up. Yeah. Because I, I felt I, like this movie did. I thought it was making up everything. Yeah. And I looked up literally every single thing, and it was all real terms. Right. And I was like, even when he explains about like what the engine does and like bend space, I was like, "Oh, they did the same talking in Interstellar." Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that talks in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It's like, sure. let me bend this paper and put a pencil through it. Right. Like, yeah. okay, I've seen that at least three times. I've seen that in Futurama. Like, I've yeah. seen like <laughs> it's, it's in everything. I think at uh, like a a fundamental like basic level, it's apparently like true, but space is complicated. Math. Right. right. Yeah, and meth. Uh, <laughs> in front of the graph tanks, uh, Peters instructs Ware to wait while she preps 
preps his. He's nervous. She asks if it's, if it's his first time. It is, wondering if Miller has, has a problem with him. While performing a physical, she tells him not to worry, joking that he loves strangers on his ship. She calls for DJ... Uh, he comes up to where, about to inject him with something, where wonders if this is all necessary. DJ then quickly explains the possibilities of the force liquefying them uh, without a tank. That sounded horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that was so horrific. He was like, he was like yeah, I'll liquefy your bones. <laughs> so yeah, this is 100% necessary. We need to go into stasis for 56 days. He injects him, he injects him with it and places him inside the tank. They're, um, they're, excuse me, they're on their way. 56 days out from their course. The ship is still. Where inside of his tank, he hears Claire whispering his name. He wakes up inside his tank, everyone else still asleep inside theirs. The water inside the tank uh, releases. He exits out of his tank, looking at everyone everyone else inside of theirs. The whispers saying um, that they're so alone. He calls out to the voice, asking if anyone is there. A hatch fires open, startling him, but he continues searching around for the voice. Inside the bridge, a naked woman is sitting in the chair. She calls out to him, commenting that she's so cold, and he he turns he turns her around, noticing that it is Claire. She grabs she grabs his shoulder from behind from behind him, um, opening up her uh, her empty eyes that she's waiting. This doesn't look great. But I understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His screaming really took it out. Of, that, it, out it, of it for me, though. I'm with you. Like the oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. It's not good. Uh, uh, he has this exact same scream in Jurassic Park, <laughs> so like I could feel it. But it's it's fine. It's fine. We're, we're gonna let it slide, um, because it's Sam Neill. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sam Neill. It's okay. Uh, he screams, switching back to, uh, to him drowning inside of his tank. Peters empties out his tank and opens it. He falls to the ground. She calls for DJ. And I love how Cooper is just like, a fucking asshole just watching like oh, first time you yeah. get claustrophobic <laughs> <laughs> man fuck you dude yeah of course yeah. Like, what do you mean <laughs> I haven't been in fucking water for 56 <laughs> days before days, like yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> he helps wear up share that uh, he's been in stasis for 56 days and uh, that he's going to feel a little bit disoriented where acknowledges claiming that he's alright now DJ hands him a towel passing up Cooper to take the lead uh, the lead next I love how they're just like handing them off to people. It's just like, all right, next up, next up. He's like, right. I, I don't even know who the fuck you people are. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. in my draws. Like, <laughs> I got, like, I got no sense of time right now. Like, what's happening? Please tell me who you are before touching me. <laughs> he comes up to Ware chuckling, asking if he's okay and if um, if he would like some coffee. Ware doesn't understand right away, then denies. Cooper goes up to Stark, sexually harassing her. 100%. Oh, yeah. Just like. I love how that. Well, like, yeah. Like, it's just, dude, what? He literally said, "It's the 40s." I don't even it's, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 2040s. 2040s. <laughs> he literally says, "Do you?" Oh yeah, thank you. Um, he says, "Would you like something hot and black inside you?" Talking about wow. coffee and more about himself. Yeah, the, the, he switch. He switches it to himself, and she yeah. like flips him off. And he's like, "Is that invitation?" Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is the problem with a lot of how society is inside the corporate offices though oh for, totally, like, women, because yeah. like this normalizes the fuck out of this yeah when you see it on tv and film right. and, or just in media in general totally yeah yeah like like this makes it feel so normal like everyone does it and it's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it's just like who's hr on this ship 
Like, we, we need to report. Yeah. <laughs> Who's HR? Miller calls out to her asking what, uh, why she isn't on the bridge. She asks if she, if she could get dressed first. He yells at everyone to get moving because they have a job to do. It's like, damn, you woke up on the wrong side of the stasis. <laughs> Jeez. Cut, uh, Freddie, do you mind closing the windows? No, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to the, a video of Peter's watching a home video of her son, uh, of her son Denny's birthday. I think it was Denny, right? Did she, did she say Danny? I think it's Denny. Like like Denny's. Um, Cooper and Justin are throwing around a ball, it hitting Peter's as she's watching. Miller comes comes into the room, sharing that he he couldn't find a replacement for her due to such short notice. Um, this was interesting. It's like, wait, y'all already flew for fifty six days. What? Where were you going to trade her off to? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's probably a conversation that. Was supposed to happen prior. I think so too. And she's like, I fucking could have guessed it. I'm yeah. Fix 56 days out here now. Yeah, but to them, it's like the next hour or so. Right. right. Yeah. She's, she's like, like oh, stasis. I forgot to tell you 56 days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't able to find a replacement for you. My bad. She mentions that she spoke with her ex and that he's going to take Denny for Christmas. And she will get him uh, for the summer. Smith comes into the room to share the news of them arriving in, in the orbit of Neptune in a couple of hours. Although I did feel for her. Like, I did feel for her, like, she, she wanted to be yeah. with her son and, and stuff like that. And this gave us a better understanding as to why they right. are all uptight and why they don't really truly want to be where they are right now. Yeah, so. there there's consequences to them having to work extra. Yeah, absolutely. This movie also reminds me of um, Leviathan. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, this definitely reminds me a lot of Leviathan, mm-hmm. uh, like with the crew and them not supposed to be there anymore, and all finding out with the old crew, like what happened to the old crew, right. this other ship. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a lot of that. It's a lot of parallels. They applaud and cheer for the news. Stark telling Miller that everything is good to go. He asks if uh, Usac, um, Husac, Usac uh, has been <laughs> notified. She tells she tells him that they have. Miller gathers everyone's attention, formally introducing everyone to where. Uh, quote unquote Stark um, is his XO Justin is an engineer end quote stopping on Cooper asking what does he do for the ship Cooper slickly commenting that he's his best friend being the lifesaver and heartbreaker as he's looking at Stark (laughs) (laughs) Miller interrupts uh, interrupts that he's a rescue tech that then continues to the rest of them quote Peters is a med tech and Smith is a pilot and DJ and DJ comments and so it's like trauma and everyone starts laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the fuck? He's Why like, is everyone laughing? It's like I handle it's what I do. Yeah, like it's my job. I don't laugh at your job. Like, <laughs> you're like, fuck y'all, I get paid more than y'all anyway. Cooper asks what, <laughs> oh, <laughs> what are they all doing out there? Miller gives the floor to Ware. Ware thanks them for the opportunity. And I love this part actually. Miller cuts him off for his appreciation, sharing that they were all taken out of their well-deserved leave to come there, adding that the last time they had a rescue this far, they ended up losing both ships, then asks uh, him to continue with the reasons. Let him know. I mean, I get it. That ain't foreshadowing. I don't know what it is. I mean, for real. But, like, it makes this whole moment just so... Cold. Yes. Yeah. Like you can really tell at this point in time that like, okay, these motherfuckers don't like him. They're not trying to like Doctor Ware. Exactly. So they're just like, tell us what we're doing here. Let's get so it done. So we can get in yeah. and get the fuck out because I want to yeah. go home. It's I'm, like coming in on a day off, right? Right. Right. Like, I mean, literally, it is. But like, yeah. it's like you're gonna be in a bad mood because it's like I'm not supposed to be here today. Right. Who wants to work? 
I mean, there's right. some people that do love working, and man, I'm happy for you. Yeah, like but you I mean, what if, makes you happy? if space is the norm and you're like constantly in space, fuck that. No thanks. Yeah, and it like, I've seen The Martian. Fifty six days <laughs> just yeah. to get there. That's, That's disgusting. Yeah, man. That's the thing with like, it's always cool to think about that, but you lose so much time. That's a oh commute. Yes. <laughs> you better be getting mileage. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> you better be reimbursing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need this reimbursement stat. <laughs> Where continues with the disclaimer that everything is considered code black by the NSA. USAC intercepted a transmission from a decaying orbit around Neptune, the source being identified as the event horizon. Everyone thinks this is bullshit. Getting up from their chairs, Miller having them all sit back down in order to, to wear... Uh, for where to finish. Where continues that that uh, what was made public was the Event Horizon was a deep space research vessel. That's reactor went critical and the ship blew up. But none of that was true, in fact. It was a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. Smith interrupts, saying that's impossible. Stark chiming in that um, the law of, relativ- of relativity um, prohibits such travel. Where sits down, agreeing that they can't break the law of relativity. But they can go around it. All this shit about playing God. <laughs> like, I feel like that's how, like, most of these possession type of movies are. It's just someone's trying to play God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's just, this is what this is, right? Like, this is someone trying to play God. We got it in, uh, God, what fucking movie? Uh, in that's the Mouth the of Madness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, the same concept here. Like, you know, same shit. But damn, what a movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Go watch that episode. Or listen to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for us to check the next movie that we have for (laughs) next week. Uh, The ship creates a dimensional uh, gateway that allows it to jump from one point of the universe to another light light years away. She asks how. He claims that it's difficult to explain, it being um, all math. I love Miller in this moment because he's like, try. Yeah. Fucking, you're wasting our time. Yeah. (laughs) Give us a reason to yes. care. Yes, <laughs> give us yeah. a reason to care. Ware tries to explain in layman's terms, but they all still don't understand. And he's just like, so how about English? Like this Cooper. <laughs> 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 he takes a magazine cut out for his example, it, um, representing space and time. And I love like fucking Smith. He's like, hey, 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 that's mine. That's mine. I mean, I think it is messed up. He just grabbed one and ripped it. Like, yeah. It's like, damn, y'all don't got printers? It's 2040. <laughs> it's 2040. It's like, y'all don't got printers? No one uses like, printers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we use fucking Playboy magazines still, but no one uses printers. <laughs> he takes a magazine cut out for his example of poking two holes, one on top and one on the bottom for point A and B. Folding the paper explaining that A and B coexist in the same space and time, pushing a pin through it that the craft passes through and it returns back to normal, calling it a gravity drive. They they wonder how he how he uh, knows all of this. Where comments that he built it and the fucking one liners in this movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah. built it. <laughs> like, Late nineties. There's some crazy just, dialogue in this movie where I'm just like, it works for this movie. Yeah, it does. It's, it like, does. Like I mean, this movie, movie so bad is unapologetically so the nineties. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just it. It is it knows exactly what Aaron said. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then it knows what the fuck it's doing for its times. <laughs> Justin asks what happened since the ship didn't blow up. 
where answers that everything was was going great, and then it just disappeared until now. Miller wonders where it's been for the last seven years, where comments that that's the reasons why they're there. Cut to the crew sitting on, at the bridge, where sharing the transmission that they just received. The transmission are people screaming and creatures roaring. He turns it off. I would be like, okay. Fuck this shit. <laughs> this no. is you should have played this shit before we left. Yeah, like because I would have quit my job. Like, <laughs> like it's no fucking way. <laughs> it, it's funny to hear that they're or to see that they all are. They hear it. They're bothered by it, but they're like, "All right, let's go." Uh, right. So it makes me wonder, like, fucking in DJ this, speaks Latin. I don't know. Yeah, but also, yeah, because it. I would think as you get further in the future, <laughs> less people are going to know Latin. And also like if they <laughs> hear roaring and all that, are there known aliens that are akin to making that noise? And I don't know. Yeah, people, people live on the moon now in this, in and this Mars. universe right. and Mars. Yeah. So I wish they kind of explored more. So like the actual like world they built. Yeah. They don't really yeah. talk much about like yeah. what's normal. Right. I mean, like, the sixty million dollars wasn't for that, I guess, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Who needs exposition I, in the movie? <laughs> Gross. I would have loved it because I would have loved like, do they live on Mars? Do they live on Earth? Yeah, we don't, we have no we idea. Have like, no where idea. these characters are coming on from. The space station that we saw in the beginning of the right. movie. Right? Do they only live there? Is Denny just is down the hall? Earth is gone. To go to another pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Do they know Xenon? Do they? Girl, the twenty first century? century. I mean, hey, I mean, what was the second one called? Was it just Z2? No, that's so. Z3 you're thinking of. There it is. The sequel. Let's oh, Zen on the sequel. That's right. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Let's watch a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, so unapologi- unapologetically the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's shaking at its core. Smith, could you imagine if she was on the ship? <laughs> she dressed the way the, she's dressed. One of the fucking crew members who got a hand stuck out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's shaking at their core. Smith asking what this is. <laughs> Where uh, plays back a cleaned up version uh, um, that has a voice of a man speaking indistinctly. He isn't sure what language it is speaking. DJ comments that it sounds like Latin. Miller asks if he can translate it. He was like... That would be funny. He was like, no, I just said it sounds like one. <laughs> <laughs> DJ asks uh, for him to play it again. The voice playing, he stops He stops it and plays it again, thinking it sounds like uh, Liberate Me. But he can't make out the rest. Miller questions this. DJ translated to save me. The alarm sounds. Miller has, has everyone... Miller has everyone go to their stations. LNC moves forward toward moves toward Neptune. They have a, a lock on the event horizon in the upper... Uh, well, I, I think I wrote that wrong. They have a lock on the event horizon in the upper ion sphere. As they descend, they are having turbulence. Turbulence in space sounds <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And non-existent because that's not a thing. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean. In this universe. In this universe, it is. In like, this solar system. I'm sure you could like run through like just like a, a plane of meteors, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I would just destroy Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's turbulence. Part. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just bumps in the road. <laughs> uh, Miller demanding him to uh, bring them in tight. Are there atmospheric storms? Yeah. Is that there's a thing? Actually, yeah. Yeah, there's storms that's a thing, in right? space. Yeah. yeah. Dude, okay. Fucking real talk. In December, which is now for everyone listening to this, but we're recording this in November. But in December, they're releasing NASA, by the way, are releasing a fucking new camera. Oh. Into space. They haven't done this in over 30 years. Whoa. Wow. The camera has like 4,000 or 4 million megapixels or some crazy shit like this. I am so excited on the amount of shit they're going to capture. Yeah, <laughs> right. there was, I think it was a 
photo of Pluto where like you see the dog. Like, <laughs> there Sorry. is a photo of Pluto on Google. Terrible. <laughs> where you see a new photo versus like a previous photo that was like 30 years apart and it's just like looks like a Way completely different. different planet that's crazy. or moon whatever it is now yeah it's a planet again is it ice glacier dwarf? i think that's what they planet? called it it was like an ice know. something i don't know mm. whatever dwarf planet i don't know who knows he checks with justin for the ship um everything is clear smith counts counts him down to match his speed the ship continues shaking uncontrollably they are closing stark call, uh, calls out to the other vessel but no response miller calls for where he comes up asking where she is smith shouting dead um dead ahead at five thousand meters miller uh calls to stark shouting if if she has any readings she tries calling calling out again they are closing in but they can't see it the radar is showing that they are right in front of it smith counts down the meters miller screaming for stark the uh, the large vessel right in front of them they reverse their thrusters uh, coming up slowly toward it we're happy uh, to see the bohemoth again i love this i love how where's just like oh, my baby <laughs> it's like I don't care about Claire now. Like, like, like he's just like it's like oh my baby's right here. Miller is impressed with the size of the ship. He's like, good ship. <laughs> yeah, he's like, good ship. Yeah, there's a lot of innuendos that happen here. <laughs> it's very odd, and it has this iconic like '90s trope of comparing special effects to other special effects, where you yeah. see the size of the Lewis and Clark, and then you're like. But look at the event horizon and right. does that right. zoom so out. Like, yeah. You can't even see the Lewis and Clark next to it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you don't that. explore that much of it. Yeah. yeah they don't. Their ship looks a lot bigger than the event horizon from what we from see. From the, the inside, movie. yeah. Yeah. For definitely for sure. Um he asked uh, he asked Smith to do a flyby. Smith is uh, Smith in awe with the size of the ship, but snaps out of it. Where notices the main air and this is what I even meant of it like kind of floating by like the Ishimura inside of Dead Space like mm. this is kind of the same thing that happens in Dead Space um, where it has this flyby and you see the size of this ship is just so massive compared to it and man I am very excited for uh, the remake he uh, he asked Smith to fly by. Smith is in opposition. I read that. Uh, Ware notices the main airlock, letting them know that they can dock in there. Miller instructs them to enter. They follow the instructions. Ware trying to warn them about crushing the structure, but they do so anyway. <laughs> You're just like, oh, it looks like a good landing for us. I lo- I think <laughs> what is crushed is the antenna for the Event Horizon. If I'm oh, not maybe. And because they mention when they bore the event horizon there's no communication and i think it's because they crush the antenna in the process of latching onto the ship itself Fucking i can idiots. see that yeah. yeah which i think was pretty clever if that actually was the case yeah i did not pay me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hire me put me in the room miller checks in everything is clear they are good to go and and are about to head out he asks up for stark's readings she notices that the reactor is hot and a few radiation sources without leaks he asks about the pressure the hole being intact but no gravity and thermal units are offline she could she's only seeing uh, she's only seeing deep cold knowing that the crew couldn't survive unless they are in stasis he tells her to find them and she's and she's ready She's already on it with a bioscan. Whereas gazing at the computer over her shoulder, she claims that there is there is something wrong with the scan. She's picking up traces of life forms, but she can't lock down the location. All right. This is where we're now getting into the territory of the paranormal, and it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I love the fact of the multiple life forms, and I can't pinpoint where they are. And it's just the fact that it's like, it's the ship. Yeah. Right. And that is so 
good. <laughs> and what's awesome is the ship is shaped like a cross and right. seemingly like an upside down cross by the way it's like positioned so depending cool. on how you look at it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's a good call out. That's a great call out. Thank you. Event Horizon. <laughs> Miller concludes that they check on board to, on board the ship. He instructs all of all to prepare um, with their own individual tasks. Ware is about to head out as well, but Miller stops him, suggesting that he needs uh, he needs him on the bridge. Ware argues that he needs to be on the EH, and I'm just going to call it EH from here on out. But Miller wants to secure the ship first. He needs Ware to guide them for uh, from the comm station. They prepare to head inside. DJ and Cooper are prepping up, and uh, excuse me, DJ and Cooper are prepping up Justin and the and the others. I love how like Justin's the only one. With like his first name, everybody else is either initials or their last name. Oh, that's right. a really good point. And it's just yeah. like Mr. Justin, unless Justin's his last name. Could be. Could be. Maybe he is the youngest. He is the youngest. So He's I baby wonder bear. if that's why. <laughs> He's baby bear. Baby bear. Oh, it's big bear. Baby bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was to say, did I mess up? The no, line? no, no. <laughs> you got it. You got it right. Um, <laughs> he says that heartbreaking line though. Help me, mama bear. Yeah, I was like, dude. Oh, fuck, you dude, can't be saying shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out! He's really <laughs> trying to get saved. Libra, get him out! Miller, Miller, Peters, and Justin descend down into the ship. Heading inside, Miller checks in the comms, asking if Ware is with him. He tells Miller that he is, Miller explaining their process. Peters uh, gets the door open, smoke escaping inside the, the umbilicus. Uh, one thing I also found very strange with this movie, why the fuck could you, any radio that they communicate from just went everywhere? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it was in his suit when they're communicating through this fucking event horizon. It was in <laughs> these little pods, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> some of them had video, some didn't. There's a lot of moments <laughs> like that where I, I would think to myself, "This doesn't make sense. It's just here to make sense." Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they walk into the air, the air shaft. Objects floating from the lack of gravity. Miller comments on the place being a deep freeze and them having ice crystals. Where explains explains their location being the central uh, central corridor uh, connecting the personnel areas at the front to engineer in the rear. Miller instructs Justin to head to engineering, and uh, him and Peters will continue forward. As they are walking, they come across a beeping and flashing boxes that they have warning um, for explosive devices on them. He asks what what these are, where explains in an emergency they explode and split the ship in half, destroying the central corridor, allowed, uh, allowing the crew to use the four decks as lifeboats. Miller continues along, um, making it into medical. He scans the room, appearing that the room has yet to be used, claiming that there's no casualties. Ware asks if he spotted any crew members, Miller bluntly commenting that he would have known by now if they if they did. He's such a dick, but he makes so much sense to me. <laughs> He's continu- he continues scanning the room for any life readings. He calls it a tomb, getting startled by a floating glove touching his suit. Do you think there's a hand in there? No. I thought there was when I first saw I it. I thought it was, it was like, too. No way, this is scary already, but <laughs> it was just a glove. I thought it was just a glove. Yeah. They check Jay checking on him, Cooper making fun of him, but he continues. And I think he calls him Skipper. Like he calls uh, Miller Skipper. It's like, hey, Skipper, you, <laughs> oh, yeah. you got startled there, Skipper? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Justin makes it to the door. Ware mentions uh, that the engineering decks are on the other side of it. Justin presses the button, opening the door to a bridge with spinning cylinders. He's he's nerv- mm. He nervously but bluntly asks where he is. 
Ware explains that it allows allows you to enter the second containment without compromising the magnetic fields. Justin con- comments that um, comments the look to be like a meat grinder, hmm. which is weird for him to say because he's the engineer of the crew. Right. right, he should be the one that knows everything. Yeah. But but this, this is, is cool new. Room. I mean, but this we got We got to know that this is new technology for him. That's true too. Like yeah, he, he's never seen. Weir this would be before. the only one that it would got know. Lost two years ago though. Seven. Oh, I thought it was twenty four yeah, years. Twenty forty two. Twenty forty seven. Oh, forty seven. Okay, yeah. then is it new? No, it, it has to be for, for him. him. This was the only ship of its kind. This is that I top guess. secret stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, he did mention he was like, "This is like top. This is black tier or whatever black data from the NSA." Oh, I thought the information that the ship is still present was the that was the only public one. Data. I think. Right. I mm. thought the only public information was that the ship exploded. <clears throat> Oh yes, that was the public information, but the private information was that the ship is back. Yeah, and also, um, I think what was built on the ship was also printed. right. Got it. Like no one. The knew. main purpose of the ship was never like shared. Right. They just so shared like, that oh, brief stint in the yeah. beginning of the movie. It's of what supposed to explore the deepest of space. But right. That's it. Space. <laughs> I do Peter. have to say real quick oh, yeah, with please. this room. I do like the design of it because it reminded me of. Uh, I don't know if it's previous work for him or. This came out afterwards for Resident Evil, when he had like the the room with the lasers. Oh yeah, it gave me vibes of that. It's like, oh, I felt like someone's gonna get trapped in this room, right? And shit was about to go down. Yeah, I think Resident Evil is two thousand. I think it's two thousand. I think it's okay. two thousand. The but first I, one. I, yeah, I could be wrong. I think it's ninety eight. Is it ninety eight or ninety nine? Oh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, but now I'm looking it up because now I'm curious. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. All right. Oh, so it damn. came out. It was close. Wow. Damn, this. two for the first Resident Evil? Very I first. I guess so. Peters makes it. You're wrong, Freddy. He's checking. He's double checking your work. <laughs> <laughs> Peters makes it to here. the bridge and looking around the dark room. She notices blood on the st- um, blood on one of the stations, repeating to uh, repeating it back to comms. 96. 96. Okay. Wait. Now we're going to fight. <laughs> um, he's looking at it on IMDb. I don't know who's right. You sure it's not the game? Did you look up Resident Evil Zero? Wait. Oh, you're talking about the game. I'm talking about the movie. Oh, I apologize. Which he directed. Yeah, he was talking, uh, I was talking about the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the same director. Yeah, it's Paul Anderson. Which was like the very early 2000s movie of every 2000s movie, and this is the very late 90s movie for him as well. Right. Uh, the atmospheric lightning illuminates more blood on the wall behind her, but she doesn't notice. It seems like no one notices the blood on the yeah. wall ever. It's just... just We'll keep keep that there. No one <laughs> sees it. Back with Justin, bubbles of liquid floating around the room. He calls out. To, he calls out that there must have been a, a coolant leak, but the levels are within the safety line. Peters continues in the bridge, where instructing her to turn back and left. Stark asking him uh, what he notices. He comments to both of them to check the ship's lock. She goes over, pushing out a CD, but it is stuck in the in the mechanism. Trying to pull it out, she eventually does so, turning back around to be startled by a mangled floating head with uh, missing eyes. Smith wonders what happened to, to his eyes as they all continue looking at the monitor. Stark guesses explosive decompression, but DJ shakes his head that decompression doesn't do that, looking like it was caused by an animal or something. He explains that the damage of the soft tissues has mass just massive abrasions this looks brutal 
It yeah. does. But these fucking 91 liners that they got up in this thing, dude. Because right at the end, we get uh, Peter's like, corpsicle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? These one liners destroy my whole That's life. Almost how I opened the show. <laughs> corpsicle? Yeah. Oh, you should have. That would be great. <laughs> uh, Justin is scanning uh, his area for, for life forms. He can he comments that he's getting some strange readings while an orb is spinning around the around in the dark. He turns the power on, illuminating the area, where explaining that this is the gravity drive. Off the radio, he comments he comments that he uh, that it is the heart of the ship. He's fucking excited. He's like, it's the heart of the ship. And so Stark, she's like, you're fucking creepy. You're a weird <laughs> like, man. <laughs> like, uh, Justin appears at the core, stopping. He's he feeds. Uh, his feed cuts from command. They call out to him, but no answer. The core begins opening. Justin wincing and screaming from the brightness of the light. The light dims. Uh, the light dims. The inside of the core now dark. His scream also kind of took me out of it <laughs> because it reminded me of like a scream in like Sonic Adventure or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just it, actually literally Sonic Adventure when he sees the Chaos Emerald for the first time and it and it illuminates. He's like, <laughs> where asked what's going on. Oh, shout out to Sonic Adventure though. Oh, that's the second okay. time we've shut it out on this <laughs> that on the show. That is true. Yeah. We should just play it. Where asked <laughs> what's going on, start trying to figure it out, but the life scan, um, just went off the scale. Justin sticks his hand inside the black liquefied mass. Why? Pulling a piece of it and uh, it forming back into the abyss. Smith notices that something is wrong, requesting for them to pull him out. Justin sticks his hand inside. It gets caught and pulls him inside. Cooper shouts that Justin is in trouble as his line is rapidly being pulled. DJ shouts for him to go after him. His line is yanked, causing a gravitational pulse to surge throughout the ship. The door in medical is pushed open, causing Miller to fly back and fall to the ground. In command, their computers explode from the force. Miller calls out to everyone but no response the ship continues rumbling and shaking as it catches on fire smith yells what's go what was going on stark shouting it w it was the pressure emergency and they lost the star the starboard baffle whatever that is he tries to he tries to contain it shouting for them to get out get out of there where shouts that they are losing atmosphere stark was going to uh stark Stark has him go to pressure suits, has him go to the pressure suits in the airlock. Cut to Cooper floating floating towards Justin through his line. Justin comes floating out of the blackened core unconscious. He ca he catches Justin, causing causing them to float backward toward the spikes sur uh, surrounding the room. They miss the spikes, slamming on the wall instead. Now why the fuck would you build this room with spikes? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of spikes all over this room, all over the rings, the door. What you doing? Yeah. Like, 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 what's happening here? While the other, while the, while the others are trying to get into their suits, Smith is trying to reach Miller. He copies. Smith screaming that they have a major situation. Quickly going over the events that happen. Miller asks if they have have time for a weld. Weld, but they don't. Only 218 liters of gas left, and then nothing. He continues that the oxygen tanks have failed and are broken, shouting that they are fucking dead. Yeah. Wasn't wrong. <laughs> Where suggests that they head onto the event horizon since she has air and power. Stark chiming in that it is their only chance. Smith arguing that it, uh, there is no way that he's getting on on there. But Where argues back that they don't have a choice. I mean, I feel where Smith is coming from. Yeah, I do too. But it's just like, what else are you gonna do? You gonna die? And it's just like at this point, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't know what's on the ship, and he, like 
the only thing he saw in the ship was that fucking dead dude. I think yeah, it's the dead dude in the audio. He's yeah, like, no, he's just like, ah, nah, sum up with this. And it seems like the ship is that of legend. Like it's a ghost ship right. in the same sense of like a sea boat, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Miller calmly um, calls back that he wants all of them on board the ship and they will meet in the air tanks. Peters uh, Peters brings all thermal units online, counting down for gravity. Everything drops to the ground. The frozen body shatters into a million pieces. The liquid explodes on top of Cooper trying to resuscitate Justin. Miller calls out to Ware. Ware brought uh, most primary systems online. He checks in with Stark. She goes over the antenna array being fried with no radio, laser, high gain, and nobody is coming to help them. And I wonder if you are right, but it could be that gravitational pull too, yeah, right, or sure. that gravitational pulse or something. But I don't know. She comments that the air tastes bad. Miller is about mm. to comment that it is carbon dioxide, but she cuts him off. That it is building up with every breath they take. She also mentions that the CO two filters are shot. He, he suggests that they take the scrubbers from their old ship, asking how much they how much that gives them. Excuse me. She nervously mentions that it'll give them enough breathable air for 20 hours. I like that it sets up the parameters for the rest of the film. Yes. Uh, Every breath we take. (laughs) Every breath we take. Brings them closer to death. 20 hours. Um, Their original ship is fried, so they can't get out. They're going to have to try to repair it. It's all these time factors that add a lot of stress and build anxiety, which is good. Yeah, it is great. And, like, you even get context, like, they're on such a time crunch, they can't sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Are they even yeah. tired? They slept for 52 days or 56 days. But, like, I mean, I would still be tired. Oh, but yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but after, the, after that, they need to be on their way home. I mean, sometimes I even just fucking wake up tired. Yeah. Like, That's me every day, I'm bro. Like, I'm tired of being tired. I slept. Oh, right. Like, <laughs> like I'm tired because I'm sleeping. I want to go to sleep to fight off the more of the sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> two days ago, it was like my burnout day. So my body Oof. just like gives up on me. But I fell asleep Stop for 12 doing that to yourself. I know. <laughs> uh, but I slept for 12 hours. Jesus Christ. And I was still tired when I woke up. We wait until you have a child. That'll never happen again. Probably (laughs) all have sleep apnea. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Cut to Smith on the port side of of the LNC approaching the dorsal um, heat sink. It is severely damaged. He calls out to Miller explaining the damages, but they can repair it, but it'll take a lot lot of time. Miller calls him back, explaining that they run out of of air in 20 hours. He asks um, what happened there. Where shakes his head that he doesn't know. Meanwhile, Peters heads inside medical to check on Justin with DJ. He tells her that his that his vitals are stable, but he com- he's completely unresponsive and he doesn't know why. Justin's eyes are open. DJ looks in t- into them, claiming that he might wake up in 15 minutes or he might not wake up at all. Cooper explains to Ware and Miller what uh, what happened when he went for Justin. Ware chuckles that not being physical pos- physically possible. Cooper stops him, shouting or shouting that uh, he saw it. Ware explains that this means the gateway was open. Cooper agrees, but Ware Ware cuts him off that it isn't possible because the gravi- the gravity drive wasn't activated. Cooper continues arguing and yelling. Miller stopping the both of them, calling Cooper out of line. He explains that Justin might die, so he has to assume that what happened to him can happen to all of them continuing that he believes cooper saw something if he claims that he saw something needing an explanation um where where comments that he he thinks he's delusional but he possibly saw an optical effect caused by gravitational distortion 
uh, Cooper is about to yell and cuss, cuss him out again, but Miller steps in again. He asks where... Um, he asks where what creates that where continues if a burst of gravity waves escape from the core it could distort space and time it's causing justin to disappear and could uh, and could damage the lnc but he finds that to be unlikely miller asks then, uh, then tell me doctor what the fuck happened <laughs> if, if this seems so impossible what happened just now yeah yeah why is the lnc destroyed why like why, why is justin the way he is what do you mean Oh, it wasn't active? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Miller asks what, uh, what's inside the core. Ware um, calls it complicated. He asks Ware how much time does he need <laughs> going over the countdown until the breathable air is gone, asking him again. Cut to them at the, at the core. Um, Ware explaining that this is the gateway. He educates mm. that the three magnetic rings align, creating an artificial black hole, allowing the ship to, to travel to any point in space. Stark continues or comments that the black hole is, is the most destructive force in the universe disgusted that he created one he's pri he's privately agrees or he privately agrees explaining that they they can use the power to bend space time gloating that the event horizon would be able to reach the nearest star in a day versus the lnc stark um stark mocks it where tells tells them that they can that they can come down assuring or excuse me uh, tells them that they can calm down assuring um them that it is all safe the both um, they both walk down into onto the platform. Miller asks in the hypothetical that Justin could have gone um, wherever the ship has been. Where agrees, but reminds him that it can't just open by itself. Miller still commands Stark to uh, seal off the area. Where repeats that there there is no danger. The gateway being contained by three magnetic fields. Miller um, doesn't consider it safe, reminding him that this ship is destroyed and one of his that his ship is destroyed and one of his crew members may not ma make it home alive. While walking away, Ware continues staring at the at the orbital um, core in a trance-like state. And I think this is the beginning portion of his possession. Hmm. Like, I, I think this is... And if you even take the rules from The Conjuring, where it starts with, um, like, manifestation, so it starts with them seeing shit, right? Yeah. And then, um, like, it kind of has this oppression on top of them, and now it's a full possession, right? So... Mm -hmm. Like we start getting these manifestations now. And I think to put this bluntly, I think they're all possessed. I think the whole crew. I think so. Is At this possessed. point, yeah. it's just not as strong. Um, I do love the core design too and how like it lights up. Oh and stuff like yeah. That. It looks gorgeous. Now this looks great. Yeah. Like CG wise, like works. that looks fucking incredible. No, I'm wondering if like they actually built the set with I was wondering this that movable too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. object or something like that. Because that looks awesome. I, I don't that know if that's CG case. or not. Compared to everything else, yeah. Yeah. And what we're just watching right now is like there's a great reflection shot of the light coming from the core into his, into eyes, his eyes. And that's probably where like the possession really takes force even more so. Yeah. And I think it was so strong with him is because it is his yeah like, it was this an obsession was, was like yeah exactly like, yeah, he was in love with it. Yeah. right and in with the fact that his wife passed right and this was like this was all he can put his love into at that point in time there him being there has a connection to trauma yeah. and torment and through possession stories uh that could be easily fed on right yeah, absolutely and make you more vulnerable right so that makes a lot of sense Peters is in medical looking at the logs as the logs are taking a message from our sponsors. And we're back. But she's actually over Justin's lifeless body. Um, and she's just like, 
poor Justin. God damn, yeah. poor kid. Something is rust is rustling behind her. She calls out to DJ, thinking it uh, to be him. No answer. The sound again. She looks behind her behind herself and still doesn't see anything. She calls out. She calls for DJ, um, asking where he is. He responds that he's on deck four. Peters goes over to the medical table, grabbing a saw as she cautiously searches around the room. Inside a tarp, someone is scratching on the fabric of. Um, on the fabric from the inside she rips it off her son is inside calling out to her his legs covered in sores oh my god yeah very haunting oh my god yeah this looks great like those those look gross I, I, (laughs) i love i love how she actually is in about to cry in this moment, it's like she's trying to cry and scream at the same time, and she yeah. can't do anything. It's like silence. Like that. That looks awesome. Yeah. Like she really, really made me feel like she is legitimately seeing her son fucked up right now. And it looks like it's uh, a little source. really attacking uh, uh, insecurity for her because, yeah. as we saw in the videos earlier, her, her son's watching, in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, her yeah. son's paraplegic. So, right. Uh, this. You could see the effect this has. I mean, regardless, right. it would have an effect, but I think even more so because it's um, very psychological. Legs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She is about to cry. DJ startling her as she, as he touches her shoulder and calls out to her. Her son disappears. Smith comes back from checking and checking on LNC. Cooper joking with him on being out there for so long. Smith commenting that he'd rather be out there in the, um, than inside the EH. Back with Peters looking at the at the final entry of the logs. The captain Kilpack is uh, in the video um, is showing his appreciation and thanking his crew. Where shares who the captain is as Kilpack continues explaining that they've reached a safe distance and are pre- are preparing to engage the gravity drive and open the gateway to proximity. Centuri. He ends the log with hail and farewell, and farewell, hail and farewell, not Pharrell, <laughs> from nerd, um, in Latin. There, uh, there's interference where where it seems like people are screaming in the background. Miller asking what that is. Uh, Peters tells him that she'll uh, run it through some filters to see if she can clean it up. The power shuts off. Ware knowing knowing it is coming from the core. Ware and Miller go to check on it, Miller telling Peters and DJ to stay with Justin. Inside the core, Ware notices that the magnetic fields are holding, which is causing the drain. He volunteers to check the failsafe to see um, if there's a shortage. They open the hatch, Ware um, heading inside the tunnel. This is This looks really cool inside there like it's yeah like a f- it looks like you're inside of a fucking computer like this yeah. looks this looks he's entering tron and cool yeah. yeah exactly it feels like tron yeah this is 100% feels like tron but this also looks great like you know it feels like tron but you know what it honestly looks like uh to me david's totally gonna be on my same page here reminds me of the uh the green nintendo 64 Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh yeah, the clear one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good <laughs> call. Reminds out. me of that. Uh, meanwhile, Justin is um, <laughs> starting to seize. DJ comes into the room, about to give him a shot. Justin mentions that he is coming. DJ doesn't know who he's talking about. He grabs DJ's face, telling him the dark, before dropping back down onto the table, screaming in pain. I fucking love this moment. Yeah, I love this moment so much, and I I love that it was just simply the dark yeah there's no name for this thing that is 
taking over the ship. The seizing and the vomiting is really top notch. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful scene. It's extremely powerful. Where um, finds finds the circuit? He is about to fix it, but he hears Claire calling out to him. Jeez. He tries to ignore it, but the whisper comes uh, becomes louder, and the hatch um, is engulfed with darkness. He pulls out his flashlight. The duct um, is pulsating with lights coming on and off. He calls for Miller. Shouting that he um, that he has some problems, his flashlight goes out. The light comes back on. Claire is sitting right right in front of him, her eyes missing. She tells him uh, she tells him to be with her forever before disappear before disappearing as the lights cut back on. Um, Miller Miller calls to where from outside the liquid underneath the core starts bubbling, then catching on fire. A man that is on fire comes out of the liquid, cl- um, opening his eyes. I this looks pretty good too. Yeah. I love this. I love that every single person damn near is having an experience. Yeah. This is great. Because you don't really see that a lot, that everyone in the movie is having right. that possession. Uh, well, I guess they're not all getting... Well, they are, like, possessed, but, like, that I think it just has mental something to do battle. with them breathing it in. Yeah. Right? So, like, it, it's causing these hallucinations and things like that. But, yeah. But, like... like uh, Miller says he was like it felt real like I could feel the fire heat. yeah so it's I don't know it's super interesting transitioning his his back into the bridge DJ rationalizing the, that hallucinations are caused by CO2 Miller um, irritatedly tells him that um, it wasn't an hallucination he wonders if Ware heard or saw something since he was inside the duct Ware's quiet excuse me but Peters speaks up that she saw her son lying on the examination table about an hour ago. Ware tries to interrupt her, commenting that it sounds it sounds like um, it is shock. She cuts him off, shouting no. She scoffs that she's uh, that she's seen bodies before and this was different. I love how she like says no. Yeah, she gets frustrated. She gets extremely frustrated, and this feels real. It does. She's, yeah. she's like, she's like, no, excuse she's me. Very genuine about it. It's like, no, no. Right. Yeah, like it's just she, she. You can tell how frustrated she's getting, and like how they're talking over each other and things like that. Like you can feel that animosity, which it's, is nice. It's weird that the doctor is trying to like dismiss everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, he reminds me of like the character Ash in Alien. Where he's just there oh, for a very sure. specific mission. He knows everything that's going yeah. on for the most part. Yeah. And I feel like he's been connected with whatever's really going on from the very beginning scene of him waking up. Because we see that, like I guess, vision of the guy floating. And we go right into his mouth and then he wakes up. Yeah. I think he's always been connected to the dark. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And that's, that's probably great, that's when they, like, I think that's when the Event Horizon resurfaced. And then yeah. that's when they asked him to go. Right. He felt it come back or something like that. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Hmm. Miller agrees that uh, this is real, feeling heat, um, knowing that this isn't something that's inside their heads. He asks Smith if he if he's seen anything unusual. Smith tells him that he hasn't and doesn't need to um, doesn't need to see anything to know that this ship is fucked. <laughs> Ware mocks him for the uh, for that scientific analysis. Smith pushes him, yelling yelling about him breaking the laws of physics and not expecting there to um, be a price to pay. They get they um, get him off of Ware. DJ grabs him, holding a scalpel to Jesus. his neck. It was odd to me. It escalated way but too I, quickly. I think it. I mean, it's when I was yeah, when I was watching this. Because like he, he realizes what he's doing, he's right, like, "Whoa!" He, he's like, he drops and he's like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Like, I, my bad, dude. I wish we built more upon this though, because right. I wanted to see a follow up of him, like, like more tension. Exactly, like 
let's see it escalate because that's the only moment DJ gets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we don't we don't have any hallucinations from Stark. Yeah. We don't have anything from Cooper. I mean, maybe because Cooper's outside the whole time. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, whispering that um, it is just a ship and nothing odd is going on. Miller calls to DJ um, to drop the scalpel. He realizes that he's what he's doing, dropping the scalpel on the ground and letting letting go of Smith. Miller checks on him. Smith going back to jump on where <laughs> Miller throws Smith down on the table, demanding him to go back on to the LC and help Cooper repair the ship. I love the paranoia here. Yeah, love the paranoia. Miller is walking down the hall. Stark stops him to tell him that she ran the bioscan and that she um and she is about to say the readings, but he completes it for her that um it is uh, of an in- indeterminate origin. Asking if he if she has anything useful to tell him, she's like, "Nope, that was it. You got it." <laughs> <laughs> she has a theory, thinking that um there is a connection between the readings and the hallucinations, thinking of it to be part of a defense a defensive re- reaction like an immune system. He tells her that um he doesn't have time to listen to this. Also, another reason why I think of this as a possession story: the ship is possessed. There you go. Yeah. Just like just like a haunted house, this is a haunted ship. Yeah. Plain and simple as that. Um, she continued, and more haunted house movies in space, please. Like, there's so yes, fun. Please. There's so much you could do with it. So much. So much. And there's not a lot there. Like, yeah. there's, there isn't a lot of stories that have been created, right? Absolutely. So, there has to be more. Someone could take it by storm. Yeah. It's an isolation movie, too. Right, love it. It's fucking great. She continues that the ship is reacting to them as the reactions are getting stronger, like the ship, um, like the ship brought some type of life force of some kind back with it. He doesn't fully understand. um, Irritatedly asking if this ship is alive, Stark comments that he wanted a he wanted an answer that um, there's that's and that's the only one she has. He tells her that he wants he wants to survive the next ten hours by walking away. We're getting now a sense that like people are tired as fuck now. They've been up for 10 hours straight. And Grant, that's not like crazy long, but that's a long time. And they have to fight for their life. Right, exactly. Cuts to Peters in medical looking at Justin. She walks back and forth. Justin now no longer there. She calls out to him, searching around around for him and screaming his name. A bang from another room stops her in her tracks. The lights around her go go out as the banging continues from the other room. With heavy breaths, she continues um, watching the room. The banging stops. The lights explode around her, causing for her to run frantically down the hall. She runs into the bridge, screaming if they if they heard that while closing the door behind her she immediately closed that door too she ran in there she's like <laughs> yeah, click she's like, like fuck, fuck this that. place <laughs> once she uh once she has caught her breath she uh she is go she's about to tell him what happened but a loud and, he- and heavy bangs on the door causes them all to move back i love this i love that it is everyone who's experiencing this now mm-hmm. it's just like everyone now knows like oh shit okay i'm scared like now something something definitely odd is off here. Where calmly watching from the captain's chair, he tells them to open the door while approaching it himself. Stark stops him, twisting his arm back to stop him from opening the door, boldly telling him to st- that self-control is an asset. The alarm um the alarm begins to blare, DJ noticing that is it is coming from the uh, forward airlock. Stark calls out to, to anyone that may be in the airlock. Miller replies that nobody is there. Peters remembers Justin and she runs out she runs out to the airlock. Stark and DJ follow her. Justin closing the airlock door. They scream and bang on it, but he continues to, to have his back turned. Stark calls to Miller, who is in the L, who is on the LC. Um, 
he asks he asks her what's going on. She mentions that Justin is in the airlock without a suit. Cooper is about to head out um to help him, but Miller um Miller tells him to stay where he is. Stark notices that Justin has engaged the override. Miller is heading back while the others are trying to get Justin to come uh to come out of there. This is what I mean where it's just like their radios just attached to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wait, what how are you talking to I'm him? Communicate right to now? everyone real quick. It's just like does every door have a communicator and every ship ju- or every suit just and even though Justin's in the other room he'll be able he to He has the hear Miller. like he can hear him yeah. and shit like it's like wait what Peter asks um asks him to open the door again he turns around to look at her He asks um he asks her if she heard it Stark tells her um to to keep him talking Peter's answer says she did hear it asking if he knows what it is He comments that it shows it shows you horrible things she asks him what uh, what does. He answers the dark inside him from the other place. He tells her that he won't go back there. She tries to convince him to open the door, DJ making it back, asking what's going on. Stark doesn't um, believe she can, she can talk him down as she continues working on getting past the override. DJ mentions that he will turn himself out. He would turn him... He, Excuse me. DJ mentions that it will turn him inside out as soon as he opens the airlock. Peter shouts for him to stay with her. Stark almost... Uh, Almost has uh, the door open. Justin telling him that if they could see, if they could see the things he's seen, then they. W- w- Excuse me. Justin telling them that if they could see the things that he's seen, they wouldn't try to stop him. She tries to assure him that he, um, this isn't him talking, and just open the door. <sighs> I really moved. liked his back and forth. I love this, but I want to see what he saw. You want to see what he saw? Yeah, I feel like we technically see it i think he a saw what was bit. on the log but like no but he saw what's well, on the other side that caused the, the other log. dimension right yeah so i think freddie's saying you want to see what's through the block right. hole oh, what okay. causes you see all the of this we yeah. see the chaos afterwards but yeah what is the main source pain and despair where is my sequel where's my sequel <laughs> i mean hey Hellraiser. This movie didn't make enough money at all to get a sequel. That's true. <laughs> he moves closer to the bottom of the door, but presses for the outer door to open. An alarm blares. Stark telling Miller that what Justin did in the in the door being on a thirty second delay. Miller screams for Justin's name as he tries to move faster toward him. Justin stops screaming, looking around the up. Uh, yeah, stop screaming, looking around the room, asking where he is. Oh. DJ yells for Stark to get the door open as Justin asks for them to open the door. Stark can't um, get the door open um, once the outer door has been triggered. There's no, like, stop button? Yeah, right. I thought the same Damn. thing. Damn. <laughs> supposed to be high tech. Be. Right. He pleads for them to open the door, asking Miller to tell him uh, to let him out. And he's like, Mama Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Miller speaks uh, speaks with him that they are going to get him out of there. Justin Justin's veins are protruding out of his arms as he cries, um, uh, as he cries about his eyes. Miller instructs him to shut his eyes, not th- and to not think about them, and curl up into a ball. Justin floats on the ground, screaming, as five seconds remain until the door opens. He can't breathe crying that it hurts. Miller demands him to bl- to blow out as much air as- out of his lungs as he pu- as he prepares himself across of the door. Justin screams as his eyes bleed. The door the door opens. He floats out, blood spewing from every orifice from his body. <laughs> so intense. Jesus H Christ. One of the most painful things I've seen on screen. Th- yeah, this like, oh, I, wow. like 
Like this does look quite it looks good. This looks great. This does look quite painful, but honestly, him getting tackled by this his fucking <laughs> suit looks painful too. He's like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, <laughs> I think at that point, just let me die in space, please. Yeah, yeah, please. Just like, don't pre- like he's fucking seizing and shit while he's getting moved back in there. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God! Miller catches him, bringing him back inside. They start working, <laughs> like. Kill me. Like, <laughs> kill me. They start working on Justin as soon as they can. He gurgles and shakes as they are doing so. Where still inside the bridge, closing his ears as he has visions of the core. I could <laughs> I could see what you mean when have almost everything in this movie is comedic for you. Uh, cut to DJ telling the crew that he stopped the uh, he stopped the bleeding and he'll live. He's like, he won't look pretty, but he'll live. Poor fucking Justin. Like, I know. Yeah, like, dude. Like, so non-problematic. Like, oh, the most out yeah. of everyone, I think. Yeah, like, seriously. He went to the other side, and now they brought <laughs> him back. back. And I feel he like that's... space without a suit. <laughs> he got fucked up. Yeah, he did. Like, Jesus. Um, Miller asks about their levels. Stark comments that they have four hours left. He tells Peters that they need to that they need to find out what happened to the other crew before the same happens to them. She tells him that she she won't go back to medical and will work on the bridge. He allows he allows it and she is off. Stark brings up brings up what Justin said about the dark inside him, wondering what that means. Miller shifts the question to Ware. Ware moves out of the room that he doesn't think it means anything. Miller chases him, um, wanting some answers. Don't you walk away from me, mister. <laughs> I audibly <laughs> laughed when that line came on screen. <laughs> Ware tries to, debunk, to debunk with natural occurrences, but uh, Miller doesn't believe him, reminding him that the ship's, the ship's drive creates a gateway, but to where where um tells him tells him that he doesn't know miller continuing wanting answers asking um where has it been for the last seven years he sticks with the story of him not knowing but miller needs answers and that being his job since he's the expert he asks where the other place is where becoming more frustrated saying that he doesn't know he admits that there are a lot of things that are happening that he doesn't fully understand and he needs time Miller acknowledges, but shares that um, that's exactly what they don't have. Miller is walking away, but hears someone shouting Captain from down the hall. He stops to listen as the man shouts and pleads for them not to leave him. He frantically looks around, but can't find the source of the yells. Taking a moment to breathe, trying to convince himself that it is all in his head. Flashes of someone barbed and bloody screaming um, comes flooding into his head. He moves away from the wall, looking around, asking for God to help them. Miller shares his experience with DJ um, of hearing someone he served on the Goliath with, um, who was na- who was named Eddie Corrick. He reminisces to, to when they served the O2 tanks rupturing, and the four of them made it to to the lifeboat. But Corrick uh, was still on board when the fire broke. He asks if DJ has ever has ever seen fire in zero gravity. He hasn't. Miller calling it beautiful, saying it is like liquid. I looked it up. You could see it? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I looked it up. It's on YouTube. I it, mean, I, I thought of the sun when, <laughs> when he brought it up. It's It wasn't it's crazy, like liquid. It was like a ball. Right. So it was it pretty much just formed itself into a globe. And uh, it pretty much doesn't make 
the colors that we're used to. It just makes blue. So just oh, kind of the, the hottest part of the flame, and that's the only thing you can see. And um, just because there's no oxygen. So it's just, that's what it, well, there is oxygen, but it's like, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. I'm looking but, it up right now. Yeah, I, know, I was like, look it up. It's it's pretty cool. I follow this TikTok account that um, lights a bunch of chemicals on fire. It It's very dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. Um, he lights one specifically on fire and it turns the flame to a ghost white. That's and it's see-through. Crazy. It looks so fucking cool. But it looks very dangerous. He kept he kept um, hitting Korok um, wave after wave. Or excuse me, it kept hitting Cork wave after wave. He kept screaming for Miller to save him. DJ asked what he did. Miller did the only thing he could, closing the hatch and leaving him behind, which caused him to swear that he would never lose another. DJ comments that he's he's uh, known him for so long and that he's never told him that. But that's the thing. Miller never told anyone, but the ship knew about it, claiming that it knows his fears and secrets, getting inside their heads and showing them. DJ tells him that he wasn't going to tell him, tell him, uh, um, this, but he's been listening to the distress signal, and he thinks he made he made a mistake in the translation. He plays it back to Miller, thinking that Kilpak said uh, "liberate liberate me" or "save me," but it was liber, "liberate tu 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 me." save yourself he adds that it gets worse playing it again stopping it on x and ferris meaning save yourself from hell he explains that if if where is telling them telling them the truth then the ship is beyond the boundaries of our universe nobody knowing where it's been or what it brought back miller asks dj if if he believes in that he comments that the person who sent that message sure does believe in hell they they get a call from cooper he he's ready to repressurize their their ship and get off get off of the, get off of this ship miller uh, meets with them to being pressurized excuse me miller meets with them to begin pressurizing the ship the ship comes on but uh it's still leaking gas out of out of out from its damages cooper gives them 20 minutes to plug the holes um, Miller ex- excited about the news cuts to Peters and Stark on the bridge. Peters is going over the logs, frustrated by her findings, asking if Stark has any coffee. She offers um, her some cold coffee. The video playing, she clutches onto Stark as as um, writhing screams shoot from the speakers. Stark walks walks away from the sight of the video. Peters Peters phones for Miller as it continues to play. The previous crew viciously attacking themselves and each other. This. Looks fucking awesome. <laughs> when Super she gnarly. screamed, I was like, what could it be? What could it be to have you react like that? And I'm like, oh, yep, nope, that's like, wanted. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> this all makes sense. They're just eating each God. other. God, it is, it is so violent. And when he has the eyeballs... And just he's like, like presenting it. Yeah. Look at my eyes. He's like, hey. <laughs> I see you. Like, it, it's so... Ugh. Amazing. That's where, like, like <laughs> and if you look closely, you can see a cameo of Xenon in there. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> She's like, <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> uh. God damn it, Freddie. That they make my heart go boom. boom. <laughs> okay. What the fuck? That movie was so odd. <laughs> I love those movies. You're my that supernova so girl. Odd. Why do I know the lyrics still? That's fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're on you're on top of it. <laughs> um but yeah, back to the blood orgy. Yeah. <laughs> pulling out pulling out each other's eyes as Kilpak says liberate to 
Tutame X Infetis with a smile on his face. Mm. Miller turns it off, mentioning that they're leaving. They are getting ready to go when Ware stops them, reminding them that they're on a mission. Miller irritatedly repeats to, uh, to rescue the crew and salvage what's left of the ship, reminding him that the crew is dead and that the ship killed them. Where and he even said the ship. He said his ship. Yeah. He's like your ship killed them. I love that. After that, he's just like we're out. Yeah, yeah. He's like nah. He's like, nah, yeah, okay, like, nah, we're, nah, nah, we're not gonna yeah. do this anymore. I, <laughs> I do love the fact where it's like the first footage they see is like just static. Yeah. Like we put some filters in it, and now it's like crystal clear. <laughs> it's like I all mean, right. No, some good filters. It's twenty forty seven. Where argues that they came came there. In, to do a job, but Miller is firm on on them aborting. I would be like, then fucking stay here, stay here. I don't care. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll radio back when we get back to fucking low orbit Earth. Like <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see you later. We'll send everywhere. you a postcard. Yeah, like obviously these radios can hear us. He orders Stark to gather the rest of the f- of the files from the computer. DJ gets Justin and Peters to get the rest of the CO2 scrubbers with Smith. They all run o- off to do their tasks. Ware comes up to Miller, asking him to, to not do this, but it is already done. They are walking through the shaft toward the LNC, Ware still arguing that they can't just leave, this, leave the ship. Miller tells him that um, he's not going to leave it, explaining that he will move to a safe distance and then shoot the fuck out of it. <laughs> um, Ware grabs Miller he pushes Ware off of him. The ship's uh, lights go off ab- go off above them. Stark calls to Miller um, that the bioscan is going off the charts and that the core is draining the power from the rest of the ship. Miller instructs her to get the files and, and vacate so they can leave. Ware simply comments that, th- that um, he can't leave because she won't let him. Mm. Miller instructs him um, to get his gear and head back to the LNC, the LNC or he will be walking home. Where wa- uh, walks into the darkness, saying that he is home. <laughs> hey yo, this line is cheesy, <laughs> as, but like beyond works, everything. Though. But god damn it, is this shot fucking incredible yeah, when he works. walks back into the darkness? It does work, and I'm just like, damn, I felt that. You are home. You little spooky little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come back in the light. Where are you going? He's like, okay, we're leaving you. Great. (laughs) I got it. Peterson Smiths are are grabbing scrubbers from the core, but most of them are all gone. While she is rapidly handing them to him, he asks if they can go go now because he's getting freaked out. And he's, like, ready to leave her ass. Mm -hmm. He's just like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, let's wrap it up. One of the canisters are stuck as Smith rushes as Smith rushes her, but she uh, shouts that they need twenty five. She yanks it out, picking picking. Mm. She yanks it out, picking up the rest of them, and is about to head out. But she looks back at the core for a moment. As she is walking out, the core flashes and bangs, causing her to look back. She uh, she has flashes of her son, um, seeing him run past the core. Peter Peters runs back toward it, spotting him running through a certain area. She follows him into an area of the ship, um, up a ladder, coming coming to a dead end. She catches her breath, getting a flash of herself brutally killed. Her son appears in front of her, slowly turning around, revealing himself. She walks toward him with a smile on her face, plummeting to her death. Mm. Her son watching from above with a smile on his face. This is brutal. This is sad. I didn't care for this moment. I mean... No? No. You this can totally tell me, when she turns into a doll. This reminded me <laughs> yeah, of uh, Ghost Ship a lot. Yeah, the, what if, like, the fall dude, like, in the elevator. Yeah, the elevator shaft. Yeah. Why did you care about it? 
uh, it just the sense of urgency of like trying to get off and then the switch. And I know it's like a matter of possession, but it just felt so extreme to switch from that to that. Sure. Of like, let me just drop everything, chase my son because but that just is shows some, how dangerous the engine is. I guess, yeah. If there is some aspect of herself in there, she must realize that he's not really there, especially if he's early. if she's on a ship and he's like, yeah. why would he be there? Yeah. Kind of thing. I just think she's just full blown gone. Right yeah, at that moment, so? yeah. It's the just rationale like, doesn't make sense, but exactly. she's so invested in seeing her son there that right. that's all that matters. Exactly, because she's I mean, not even aware of her surroundings. Right. She's not paying attention. That's how she falls. If she knew where she was at that moment, I don't think she would have fallen. Yeah, I mean, because there's one hundred percent like like you can't miss that. Yeah, but she's so Look at that doll, <laughs> rag doll. <laughs> but damn, when she fucking crashes yeah. down and into that, up. Jesus, damn. that reminds that, me of Leviathan. That was a good fall scene. Yeah, I will say that was incredible. I don't see the doll switch. Oh, you didn't, you didn't I see can't it? See it? We've, oh we've man, just watched it three times in a row. And I'm like, I yeah, still can't it's catch it. it's when she hits the first little triangle thing that's sticking out. Yeah, but that's a good like. It, it, no, it's great. Like. But that's it right there. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. But like, yeah. you have to. L- oh, yeah. Like you got to like look, look at it. it. Like, me, I'm pausing this shit and I'm just like, oh, that's a doll. But, <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, but if I was just watching this, yeah, for sure. Where enters the core room, shutting the door behind him. He notices that Peters is dead, dead on the ground. He goes over to check on her. He, um, her eyes pitch black. He hears Claire calling out to him. When she, when he turns around, he sees Claire through a mirror. He speaks to her um, that he's home, but she continues doing what she is doing. While she is fixing her makeup, he goes up behind her, knowing that she was that he wasn't there um, when she needed him most. He apologizes for allowing his work to get between them. She flashes. Um, she flashes to her caressing the um, wa- the water to the bathtub. He pleads for her not to. And a quick trigger warning, everyone, with uh, self-harm in this moment. So skip a couple of seconds. But it flashes to her slitting her wrist in the tub. He falls, he falls to the ground about to speak, but Claire appears in front of him. She tells him that it is all right while placing his head on her stomach. He whispers that he's been so alone. She tells him that he won't, he won't be alone again and that he's with her now. Claire moves his head as she, as she comments that she has wonderful things to show him. She opens her eyes, revealing that her eyeballs are gone, prying his eyes out of his skull. Back inside the core, Ware screaming violently while holding his eyes. Great. I like it. What's really cool is the the pool of water is like a pool of blood now, yes. too, at the source of the core. So great. Cooper nails um, the panels on the ship, congratulating himself for his work. He's like, damn, I'm good. <laughs> Smith calls him, uh, calls him oh. asking um, how much longer, what, uh, wanting to get out of there. Cooper mocks him. Um, and shares that he's done, and just to give him two minutes to collect the rest of his tools. Smith acknowledges while hanging up, he hears the elevator activate. He checks out of the window, noticing that Ware is heading back inside. He goes down to, to stop him, yelling for him to get back on board, but he keeps on going. Smith, uh, Smith calls... Uh, Smith calls to Miller, telling him um, that he saw Ware messing around in the LNC. He notices that one of the explosives are missing from the corridor. He tells Smith to get out of there. Smith doesn't want to. Miller yelling for him to get off the ship. Smith springs into action, looking for the explosive. What were you going to do when you find it? What were you going to do? <laughs> it's going to deactivate it. I mean, it's it's life or death at this point. Right. So get off the ship. 
this is my favorite part in the whole movie. I yeah, love this I felt part. so yeah. bad for him. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is great. Too. This is one last fuck you from where? Like, <laughs> <laughs> again, this like, reminded me of Ghost Ship again, where yeah. like the ship explodes and the guy's there, and he's like, oh, you realize it. He's like, oh, fuck. And then the boat explodes, and like the ship explodes here. Right. I'm just like, oh, this is, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not pearls. Miller runs um, down the corridor. This is definitely, I think Ghost Ship was our lowest rated movie we've covered. Could have been. Yeah. I think that was our lowest rate. I think right. that one was 14%. <laughs> Look at it. There's so many perils in this movie. <laughs> right, but this is this definitely did it better. Yeah, and it did it first. Um, Miller runs down the corridor to make it to Smith, and Smith notices, notices that um, inside his back um, there is blood on it, and he knows he's on the right track. He opens the back, the timer already activated with five seconds left. Smith shudders as it counts down, and then explodes, destroying the ship in the most dramatic 90s CG I've ever seen in my entire life. I I love that shot of his expression, man. <laughs> like, he's it like, is I'm fucked. So I can't do anything about it. And yeah. so heartbreaking. Like everything about this shot, this feels like a war scene for me. Yeah. Like my the way he looks God. down. Oh. Like uh, it's uh, just his shudder, damn. his shuddering breath to it just a and it's just Ugh. gone. It, it's beautifully oh done. My God. It's, it's coming to the realization really that moment. your life is over. Yeah. Think about whatever you need to think about for five seconds because yep. that's all you that's have. It. And especially after working so hard to get everyone out of there, it was all for naught. Yep. I love that this sucks. moment. Yeah. And that what sucks. I love about his character is throughout this film, he's the only one that feels genuinely terrified. Of what's going on. Yeah, he, he didn't fuck with anything at yeah. the beginning. He's like, he, no, no, fuck y'all. In no. this <laughs> horror story, he was horrified the whole time. Right. And I love that. I love how Cooper was only on the ship like twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miller watches from the window of the EH, banging his head on the wall. Meanwhile, poor, uh, poor Cooper is floating uh, throughout space because he was blown back from the explosion. He thinks to blow um, his air tank to get back to the ship, pulling his air tank, purging it, and floating back towards the ship in the most spaceman way possible. <laughs> I'm coming back motherfucker! <laughs> Cut to DJ gathering his supplies for medical. Miller tells him um, that the Clark um, is gone and both Smith and Cooper are dead. DJ is in shock. Miller mentioning that it is it was where and to take him out if he spots him. He grabs some weapons. Miller telling him that um, to be careful. DJ expresses for him not to worry and he'll take care of, take care of um, where when he sees him. Ware appears right behind him, choking him, and as he lifts him, he throws him across the room. Miller hearing DJ um, get absolutely fucking wrecked, <laughs> Ware cuts into his chest, DJ waking up from it, gurgling from the pain, and then dying. Ware taking and adding things um, to his innards. Miller uh, runs, uh, runs into medical, spotting DJ strung up by his skin as his insides are laid on the table. Lovely. Now, I do have to ask this question. Did both of you expect this movie to be this fucking brutal? I think I did. You did? Yeah, I think there was an expectation. Um, maybe I'm desensitized now, but this one didn't really like t- take it out for me. Like I, I, well, I, I mean, s- you've watched The Ruins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've watched the ruins. You, you, I prepped you up the best way I could <laughs> with right, that yeah, movie. True. <laughs> because uh, yeah, I saw this. I was like, oh damn, Midsummer, right? <laughs> I mean, like this, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we've seen this in Midsummer too, where yeah. the guys hung upside down oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's funny because I've always heard about this movie, and I always wanted to know why it was so popular. 
And then when I tweeted, it's like, oh, this is my first time watching it. Everyone's like, oh, it's a ride. It's crazy. It's a yeah. blast. It's I expected just, it to be just bonkers. And yeah. That's what exactly is what, what it is. Like, it's just it bonkers. Really is. Yeah. It's just, this, this whole act, my favorite. <laughs> Miller is, t- is tired of this shit and arming himself and with some wild ass rivet gun thing um he is cautiously searching around the the uh, bridge for where a sound from another area catches his attention he notices stark on the ground with blood covering the top um half of her head he checks on her she takes out a, a substance forcing her to um smell it she uh, is startled awake from the smell i've always wondered what are those things um although i i've seen this one dude who like tried to smell something like that before yeah. the gym uh-huh. on tiktok that dude like almost threw up and shit. He was like sneezing nonstop. It was horrible. That's funny. I thought this was like a future thing. I thought so too until I saw that TikTok. Wow. It was Wait, the little thing you snap and then you put it near someone's nose. Uh, that that thing. But this was like a container. This oh, guy sniffed in, on yeah. TikTok. But yeah, that that thing. I don't know what it I is. I can't even imagine being unconscious and just like all of a sudden like I smell that. Oh hell, right. I'm waking up. <laughs> Because there is that thing, and I also saw it on TikTok where the guy had like his friend was sleeping next to him. And he goes into like the sunglass little compartment. He opens it, breaks it, puts it right in his nose, and he, like wakes up and starts getting really scared. Like like heart palpitations. That yeah. sounds dangerous. It probably is. <laughs> she started awake from the smell. He helps. He um helps her up but his gun is no longer next to him as he helps her up the captain's chair turns around with Ware sitting in the chair Mother Miller fuck. places Stark back down. At, um, he asked where, um, and the only thing he fucking like out of all this, what happened to your eyes? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I, I, I was cut off guard by that, but I'm like, I, I mean, that is the first that, time we've seen him like that's that. That's true, Makes right? Sense, yeah. yeah. Where simply, like, last time I saw you went into the darkness. And you got no <laughs> eyes. Where simply answers that um, they don't need eyes um, to see where they're going. Miller doesn't understand. Where continues that he. he he created this ship to reach the stars, but she traveled much further, tearing a hole in the universe, creating a gateway to another dimension, a dimension of pure chaos and evil. When the ship is cr- when the ship crossed over, it's it was just a simple ship. But when it came back, it was alive, possessed. He tells Miller to look look at her, calling her beautiful. Miller responds that his ship killed his crew. Where comments that he, uh, she has a new crew now. She um, has them. He leans back, proceeding to, uh, to open the gateway. While Miller is, st- is stalling, where Stark comes uh, comes out with a canister about to hit him, he stops her by grabbing her by the neck and throwing her across the room with ease. Miller is about to go for him. Where picking up the gun, pointing the gun at him. Miller mentioning um, that if he misses, he will blow the hole. Um, where asking uh, what makes him think he'll miss. Cooper floats back to the <laughs> ship, stoked as fuck, falling on the glass. He's like, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> Their attention shifts to Cooper, where shooting the gun at the window, causing Cooper to fly back into space. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like, I, I made it. it. Oh, no. <laughs> Miller takes the opportunity to run run. Um, out of out of the way, Ware takes a shot at him, missing. The window <laughs> ripped by the pressure, rip, um, ripping, and all types of shit is starting to fly across into space. Ware um, can't hold on to the gun, his chair flying off the hinges. Miller flies back, ca- uh, catching himself on a wall. Ware tries holding onto the ground, but the crate lifts up and flies out of the window, screaming. Miller loses the- his grip on the wall, catching himself on-, on a wire. He uses the wire to pull himself forward. He makes it through a- through the door. Stark wakes up, screaming for him. The door is, is about to seal. He briefly stops it with a pickaxe. Um, I don't know. It looked like a pickaxe, but... 
futuristic pickaxe. He reaches out for her. She is able to grab his hand before the door shuts. Um, the alarm is blaring. Miller realizes uh, that it is coming from the forward airlock. Stark doesn't believe it could be where. They both grab weapons, not taking any chances. It is Cooper. She um, helps him get out of his helmet, trying to cal- calm him down. She mentions that it is it is over, but Miller notices that Ware activated the gravity drive. He tells he tells them that they need to shut it down, wondering if they can if they can do it in engineering since the bridge is gone. She isn't sure on the process since Ware was the expert. Cooper comments that he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go where the other crew went. He'd rather be dead. Miller suggests um, that they blow up, reminding them that Ware said ab- uh, what Ware said about it separating the rest of the ship and using the other half as a life bolt. Um, they start moving. Miller opening the the TDRS while um, will pick up their emergency beacon, or hoping that the TDRS will pick up their emergency beacon. And it's just like, bruh, I don't got no hope for y'all anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that's why I like this movie so much, is that it feels like no one's going to make it. Yeah. Like, it it genuinely feels that way. He And I would have been happy with that. I would have been completely fine fine. with no one making it. I think that would have been better, honestly. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. It's entertaining to watch them keep trying. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, he instructs him. It's very up. dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it I would love be. them that they kept on trying and then they never succeeded. <laughs> well, that's, I, I mean, but, that's the type but of movie that makes sense. Bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah it like it definitely would fit that because it was just like them keep trying and to the point where it's just like, fuck, I would rather just float into space now. I was waiting for space zombies to come into play, but it's fine. <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> he instructs them to prep the uh, gravity couches, but themselves put themselves in stasis and to stand by for each other, uh, for each uh, stand by for um for search and rescue. He's going to manually arm the explosive. Um, Cooper wonders. I feel like you just needed to arm one, like one would probably yeah blow yeah. blow up the others. Right, this has to be like simultaneously. Yeah. I would have probably like done like maybe maybe th- five down the row, <laughs> like skip a few, you yeah. know. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you had to be very precise to like eject the lifeboat or something. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He instructs them to. Oh, excuse me. He's uh, Cooper wonders if this is going to work. Miller comments that it worked for Ware, commanding him uh, to activate the emergency beacon. And I, I do like the context is just like he understands that Ware is a smart man. Like he he never doubted him for being smart. True. Mm. Stark suggests uh, to go with Miller. He tell he tells her to stay st- um, to stay and prep the gravity couches. He is about to he is about to run, or he's about to run off. She calls out to him. <laughs> he tells her to close the door behind him. I, Fucking nineties. Miller uh, runs to arm the explosives. Cooper activates the emergency beacon. His happiness is short-lived when blood begins dripping on his hand, blood filling up above him and leaking down the walls. He runs back, um, calling for Stark. Inside the stasis room, the main tank fills up with blood, bursting Ooh. open, rushing onto Stark, causing her to fall down from the la- from the ladder. She just stood there. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Visually stunning. She was just <laughs> staring at it. That's she's like, oh you shit, yeah, done, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure she probably wouldn't have gotten far, but still, Cooper helps her, helps her up, and they um, begin to run. Miller, uh, Miller arms the corridor, grabbing the detonator. Why is the detonator all the way at the end? <laughs> God damn! He tells the rest of, the, of his crew, but 
um, no answer from them. Stark goes up to another radio, telling uh, telling the telling him that they have to get out of there now. Fire erupts next to him. It is Korik yelling that Miller um, let him burn while shooting a wave of fire at him. I was like, oh shit, Avatar. Miller uh, runs into the core room. Um, jumping, jumping through the door before it closes shut. A stream of fire shooting right, right by him. The countdown for the gateway is now at two minutes. The whole core is on fire. Cork calls, uh, calls out to him, throwing Miller on the wall, setting, um, uh, setting him on fire. Miller rolls into the dark liquid, extinguishing the fire. Cork, uh, comes up to him telling Miller that he left him behind. Miller knows that he's not Cork since he's watched him die. Cork's face shifts into Ware. Ware laughs that the ship brought him back, reminding him that the ship won't let anyone leave. Asking Miller if he really thought that he could destroy the ship, it defying space and time, in, in going to a place that he couldn't even imagine. Concluding that it's it's time to go back, Miller believes he knows um he knows he's speaking about hell. Ware assures him that 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 he knows nothing and that hell is only a word, but reality is much worse. I fucking love that line. Yeah, it is I cool. I love that line. Miller is about to throw a punch, but Ware catches his hand, grabbing <laughs> his grabbing his uh his head, show uh saying that he will show him flashes of his crew being absolutely tortured and mutilated blood trails from Miller's face as he screams quote no they are not dead end quote where agrees that they aren't yet Miller grabs a scrubber and, and starts beating the fucking shit out of Ware, <laughs> screaming that he won't take his crew with every single blow, but Ware catches it and beats the shit out of him next, kicking him to the other side. The core stops, spin, uh, stops spinning, beginning to open the gateway. Ware commenting that his crew belongs to the ship. Miller asks for Ware to take to uh, take him and leave him alone um, while going, going for the detonator. Ware tells him um, that there's no escape. The gateway opens. He tells Miller that um, they are going to come with me. Come with him. Miller grabs for the detonator as Ware flashes more horrific image, hor- horrific images um, in his head. Ware asking if he sees. Miller turns around with the detonator, agreeing that he does see, pushing the button and destroying the ship. The explosion pushing the other half into space, leaving the black the uh, back in or leaving the back end to explode into a black hole. Cooper and Stark get up and watch from the window of the foredeck. 72 days later, a rescuer has uh, contact as and is approaching the uh, wreckage of the EH. They board the ship. It is completely dark as they as they search around. The um they're assessing they're assessing the area that there are three survivors, Justin, Stark, and Cooper. Justin having massive energy Um, injuries um, but he's still alive he opens the first tank releasing stark first she cries for justin and cooper the rescuer says that they are fine and with and with them opening his helmet to reveal where slashed face repeating the same thing she screams awake uh, she screams awake um, cooper or she screams awake cooper and the rescue team calming her down Poor Justin's still fucking locked up in his little stasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. She's scre- <laughs> telling her that uh, she is uh, that they are safe, and it is the rescue team. The rescuers um, requesting uh, to requesting a sedative for. Her. This is actually really funny to me. He's like, "Give me the sedative." <laughs> He's like asking three times for the sedative. <laughs> have to These agree. fucking people are just standing around, oh like the, the sedative. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> the door closes with them inside. Then, <laughs> credits. 
This, this, this oh my god! I love this fucking movie, dude. <laughs> I love this movie, man. But I got some movie facts for us here. Movie, movie facts. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, at around five minutes, the rotational shot of the space station over Earth took nearly a third of the film's visual effects budget. Damn. Yep. I can see that. Damn. I'm not surprised. The script originally described the um, gateway machine as a smooth and featureless black orb, 10 meters in diameter, suspended in midair between large rotating mechanical arms. It is also said to contain a stable uh, black hole within it at all times, which the ship used as a power source, as opposed to briefly uh, creating a temporary one. Paul Anderson decided to redesign it to, uh, to involve interlocking circles as a homage to the puzzle box in Hellraiser. What did I say? Whoa, good what did I I fucking yeah. say, which served as an inspiration. There's your sequel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did I say? Um, let's see. Let's. Damn, a lot of these are juicy ones. So let's not get a juicy one. Paul Anderson's initial uh, rough cut submitted to the MPAA received the kiss of death. Whoa, y'all know what the kiss of death is? NC seventeen. That's it, baby. Yeah. The kiss of death. Having just done a PG-13 movie, Mortal Kombat, oh Paul God. Anderson was very keen to do something more mature and gruesome. This was <laughs> this was why he turned down the, the chance to direct X-Men in 2000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot yeah. he was supposed to do that. That's good that he didn't... Yeah, the Wait, model of the Event Horizon includes a complete X-wing from Star Wars as part of the uh, the antenna array. The model is visible on the lower portion of the Event Horizon during the first flyby by the Lewis and Clark. That's very interesting. That is interesting. Um, <laughs> let's let's get a decent one. There are, there's a lot of juicy ones, so let's we'll end off. No, that's too juicy. We'll <laughs> end, we'll end off with a a, a nice juicy one. Um, Paramount had originally planned to release Titanic in July 1997, but when um, that film was plagued by delays, it had been rescheduled to December 1997. This left Paramount with a gap in its summer movie schedule, so they offered Event Horizon to Paul Anderson on the condition that the film be ready for August 1997. This meant that the movie was officially greenlit a mere 10 weeks before production was due to begin. Damn. Wow. This had the unfortunate consequence that the production design was extremely rushed, which was the reason why many leading uh, production designers turned the film down, although Anderson admitted at admitted that relatively inexperienced Joseph Bennett didn't disappoint. Only four weeks were, um, were scheduled for filming, forcing Anderson to work seven days a week and Damn. start editing while still filming the final sequences. Damn, that's intense. However, the biggest problem, uh, according to him, was the studio was hoping for a big summer blockbuster, <laughs> but they eventually got a rather distressing and disturbing horror film that was difficult to sell. Man. Yeah. Damn. I love hearing history like that. Me too. But damn, let us know what you think of the Event Horizon. This was a, another long episode. I feel like all these are going to be kind of long like this. That's <laughs> crazy. There's a lot to dive into. All the films are like under hour 30. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, super crazy. Just got a lot to talk about, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, this is David's motherfucking month. <laughs> 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 uh, but definitely let us know on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod what you think about the Event Horizon because we definitely want to keep this conversation going because I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> um, just a little heads up as well, everybody, that um, we are not going to have an episode at the end of this month, um, just because at the end of this month, it is New Year's Eve. 
ain't nobody gonna listen to a podcast on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So we are going to take a week off wow. um, to kind of, <laughs> you know, enjoy New Year's Eve and then do our whole thing and stuff like that. But um, definitely, we'll be back for you in that new year. <laughs> 2022! Crazy. God damn. This is wild. We're so close to the Venn horizon. <laughs> but the next movie that we are going to be covering on our list of Forgive Me, Father, is The Prince of Darkness, completing John Carpenter's oh, wow. Apocalypse trilogy. Whoa. We had the Whoa. thing. We watched In the Mouth of Madness. This is the last one. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited. Time to wrap it up. Never oh seen this too. So excited. <laughs> This was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had David Corpsicle. Corpsicle. Also known as Nightly. Other in there, we got Freddy. You are all coming with me. Oh, <laughs> oh I can't wait. <laughs> also known as Nighty Nights. Our effort to get this shot is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they will. Okay. Buy a pledge on Patreon. You have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember everybody, don't forget your nightlight.